You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible Podcast. We're inching ourselves closer to training camp as the first practice is now only 30 days away. Now, I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and I'm glad you're joining us as we continue our countdown to camp series. In today's show, it's a preview of the Chicago Bears outside linebackers. Now, of course, I can't do this alone. I mean, I could, but it'll probably be much more enjoyable if I bring on my co-hosts, Nicholas Moriano and Brandon Hazlett. Guys, how you doing? Good. Very good. How about you, Will? Ooh, cut off Nick. I'm doing oh, fine. Yeah. Cut it, off Nick, I know. Yeah, I'm doing okay. Just been a busy few weeks at work, uh, putting in some long hours, long nights, but I'm all right. How about Nick? You bought some shoes, so you're having a good day, right? Yeah, I did just buy some shoes. I definitely didn't need the shoes, but uh, it's going well. It looks like it's about to storm really bad over here. Uh, I was muted before, obviously, I unmuted myself, but this loud thing, uh, loud thunder just happened. So if you hear anything, that's because the storm is kind of going on over here. Yep, sunny down here in Bloomington, Indiana. Lucky me. Uh, But, guys, we do have plenty to get to today. I actually did put a thought starter in here to kind of just – talk about it. But you know what? I'm just going to streamline the show today. Because like I said, we have 15 different players to talk about today. So let's go ahead. And since our last show was about the defensive line, I thought we it would be best if we just go ahead and begin with the backers that they're going to be working with most closely. And that's going to be the outside guys. And I think we'd be remiss if we didn't start off with the special talent of Khalil Mack. Now, after being traded to the Bears right before the season started, Khalil Mack proved his worth right out of the gate with an epic performance against Green Bay. But more importantly, he had himself a strong season, 13 sacks, 10 tackles for a loss, which actually was a career low, 68 quarterback pressures, and 7 hits. And what's even more impressive is the fact that he did that uh, without an offseason program, and he also battled an ankle injury for a good chunk of the year. Now, with a full year under his belt in the system, an offseason to condition with his team, all signs are pointing towards Mac having himself even a more disruptful season. So I want to know what you guys think. Will Mac make a bigger impact this season? And if so, how much? And Brandon, since you were MIA on Tuesday, a good reason, though. I want you to go ahead and yes. kick things off. Yeah, uh, Clue Mac, obviously the best player on the team. Uh, I think he can have a bigger and better year because uh, the injury last year slowed him down for a couple games, uh, that little ankle injury that he had. Uh, but frankly, I think with a little more uh, strength and conditioning a little bit more this year, uh, getting in more of a routine, I think that's really going to help him stay healthy throughout the duration of the year. And a healthy Cleo Mack means a more productive stat line, uh, not just the stat line, but also other things that he can do uh, when the ball's not going his way. What about you, Nick? Are you anticipating uh, a larger overall impact from number 52? 
I think it's to be expected from Khalil Mack, and he expects that from himself. He did say he wanted to go down as one of the greatest edge rushers, outside linebackers to ever play the position. So he expects it from himself. And I think like what you guys were, were saying, him having you know full season of conditioning going into the season, that's going to be big. Hopefully being healthy going into the season will be huge for him. But I think when you look at Khalil Mack, those 12 and a half sacks that he had uh, in 2018, that's great. He did have 15, though, back in 2015. So I would want to see him maybe get back to those kind of numbers. I think there's so much that he can do. But there, look, when he came late and then got injured, we saw the disruptive force that Cleo Mack was on a game-to-game, snap-to-snap basis. He definitely has more in the tank. And like I said, he has that within himself to want to be better. So I think you can only expect Cleo Mack to put up even better numbers in 2019. Nick, I'm curious, out of everything that Khalil Mack brings to the table, and there's just so much, I mean, you can write a novel on it. We can have an entire podcast series probably on Khalil Mack. What is perhaps the favorite attribute that he brings to the table, either on or off the field? You know, I think it's just all the different ways that he can get to the quarterback. He's not a one-trick pony, and that's why Khalil Mack is so damn good. And why? From your big bear hugs to the little notes you leave in your kids' lunches, it's already obvious you're an amazing mom. But there's one thing you can do to be even more amazing. Quit smoking. Because when you quit, not only does your risk of heart attack, stroke, and lung cancer decrease, your kid's risk of asthma, bronchitis, and ear infection does too. It's a win-win. Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit quitlineiowa.org for a quit plan that's right for you. Quit for you. Quit for them. Brought to you by the Iowa Department of Public Health. He was, you know, a defensive MVP, just a guy that can really wreak havoc on any given play. Because if one thing doesn't work for Khalil Mack, he has so many counter moves to where offensive tackles, if they have tight ends on that side, running backs, they have to battle with him. And there was a clip that I showed uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where, you know, before that play, Khalil Mack was using like a bull rush because he's a strong guy, can really use his power to overwhelm people. But on this given play, he just did a, a sweet spin move. The tackle had no idea where he was at, was able to disrupt. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was a quarterback, ends up throwing an interception to Eddie Jackson. So there's so many different moves that Cleo Mack has mastered in his repertoire of trying to get to the pass, uh, trying to get to the quarterback, that that's what makes him so dangerous. And I think that's the one attribute that I really like about Cleo Mack is that he has so much to work with and anything – on any given play, he can bring out any one of those tricks out of his toolbox, and it's going to work. Yeah, no, exactly. And with a player like Mac, who's elite in every instance of the word, uh, and again, like you mentioned, Nick, he wants to go down as one of the best at the position. I don't think it will really be worth our time if we wanted to pinpoint some maybe small ways that he can be better this year. Or, you know, Nick, you did a good job of just showcasing a few of his strengths, but if we really dove into it, like I said, we can have an entire episode on Khalil Mack. Um, but, B, I want to go to you first because I'm curious. What kind of year does Mack need to have for you to look back and say, yep, that's exactly what we needed out of him this year? I want to peg him at 60 tackles. I think he can get the 15 sacks again. Uh, and then I've got him with two forced fumbles. Uh, we can throw an interception or two in there, uh, whatever, because he did it last year, especially in the first game against Green Bay, as we seem to go back to the house. Uh, but I, I think that 60 tackles pegs him right about where we need to be. Because there's a lot of guys on this defense that can hover around the ball. Uh, and frankly, I think that that's a pretty close number. Uh, when you look at him statistically in the past, I mean, typically he gets over 70 tackles in a year when he did Oakland. Uh, but coming off a year where he was injured, uh, didn't have quite as many tackles. He had 47 last year. 
Uh, I think that he can up that and get close to 70 again, but I'm going to peg him at 60. And we can go, yeah, that's the year that we kind of expected Klumak to have. Now, Nick, I'm curious to your points on this because, again, you talked about Khalil Mack in terms of you thought 15 sacks would be a reasonable number. Do you agree? Is that kind of the mark that you're going to kind of hold him up to this year? I think so. I think that's a mark that he holds himself up. Probably would want more than that, but I think 15 sacks. And he also had six forced fumbles, so he's just creating these turnovers as well. And you mentioned, uh, Brandon, the the pick six. So I think any way that he can you know, create points or put the offenses – his offensive position to make plays uh, to get on the field sooner. That's what you expect from Khalil Mack because he's that type of player. He's not just a guy that's going to create tackles, create turnovers. So I think the 15 sacks, if he can get more great, uh, the six forced fumbles, if he can get that again, recover. I know he recovered two of those forced fumbles, um, maybe even recover a little bit more than that. But I think any of those big, big game changing type of plays, that's what you expect from Khalil Mack. And that's what I'm going to hold him to in 2019. All right, and one more question for you, Nick. I'm looking at uh, what he did in 2017 with Oakland. He played about 90% of the defensive snaps, over 900 snaps on defense. Now, compared to last year, again, he was dealing with that ankle injury as the, in the second half of the year, um, and for the entire season, he was at about 72%, about 750 defensive snaps. Do you want him to be up at that 90% range this year? Do you want him on the field 90% of the time, or are you trying to find like that middle ground, maybe like the 80 to 82%? I think 80 to 82 would be best, um, especially in Oakland. He was the guy in Oakland, so you had to put him out there and every game play just for the defense to really have a chance out there. But here, there's a lot more. Uh, he has a lot more help himself, and especially if, let's say, you put Cleo Mack in for a majority of the snaps early on the season, you want to save him for the you know playoffs because that's where it's going to be most important, uh, obviously. So I think if you can go that 80, 82 range, that'd be best for Cleo Mack and the team moving forward. All right, let's look elsewhere. Leonard Floyd battled injuries yet again last year, but he still had himself a fairly decent season. So much so, Ryan Pace already decided to pick up his fifth-year option, so he's on the team to the 2020 season. He's going to account for $13 million against the cap next year, but only $2.5 million this year. Now, last year, despite playing with a broken hand for the first half of the season and not really having a full offseason of work because, he, don't forget, he was recovering from a knee injury, Floyd finished with 47 tackles, 4 sacks, 36 total pressures. But like most players, the numbers really didn't tell the full story. So, Brandon, I want to go to you first. What kind of year, when you kind of reflect on Leonard Floyd, did he have in your mind, and what are some of the things you're expecting out of him this season? Well, given the the injury um, issue, I guess, that's been reoccurring throughout his career, uh, his short career, uh, it was a little bit more productive than what I was anticipating because when you're playing with a cast, uh, like we talked about, especially early last year, it's it's really hard to be able to get a grip on anybody and throw them out of the way. So he's really relying on spin moves, bending, flexing around the tackles. So I think statistically, on a stat line production-wise, I think he was kind of right about where we thought he was going to be. I know we were disappointed they didn't get his first sack of the year until like week 10 against Detroit or something like that. Uh, so it was well overdue. And I think this year going into everything healthy, as long as he stays healthy throughout training camp, if he gets more of those days off, then I'm totally fine with that. We know what kind of potentially brings, he's just got to stay healthy. So I think that we can expect to have his first sack come maybe week one or two instead of week 10. Absolutely. Hopefully so. I mean, that's exactly what we need out of Leonard Floyd opposite of Khalil Mack. Nick, I want to go over to you. I know you've been watching some of the tape on Leonard Floyd. When you look back at his last season, uh, what are some things that stick out better or for worse? 
Yeah, so I mean, I watched a lot of tape on Leonard Floyd just to see what was his season really like, but it was a night and day difference between when he had the cast on and when he got it off about that week eight. Um, and so just some stats to like back it up from week eight to week 16, after he got the cast off, he had four sacks, which is the sacks, the number that he ended with 30 of 47 tackles, eight of nine tackles for loss, 10 of 11 QB hits. You see the productivity. Uh, for Floyd once he was able to get his cast off it's because he's a guy that needs to utilize his hands to really get around some of these bigger tackles uh, new linebackers coach Ted Monachino said that you know if you put Leonard Floyd in a, a ring with a, a bigger tackle and you're just trying to get him the bull rush well that's not going to be the best way for him to really win it's when he's able to use his hands to maneuver around these bigger guys because he has this explosive speed this length to really win off the line of scrimmage and I think that's where I saw once that cast came off, when he was able to utilize his hands and just lock out his arms, get tackles away from him, that's where Leonard Floyd was most effective. And Brandon, you mentioned the spin move. I didn't see it very often from Leonard Floyd, but the times that I did see it, the first sack of the season actually against Detroit comes off a spin move. It's that weird like hug on Stafford not going down. It was kind of a weird sack for the first one of the year for Floyd, but he was able to do it. And then he also did it against the Buffalo Bills and Nathan Peterman, not a very great quarterback, but again, does this spin move is able to almost get Peterman and ends up being an incomplete pass. I think for Leonard Floyd, he needs to utilize just working on different moves as opposed to a bull rush move because he's not that power strength guy, even though he has put on some weight, put on some size since coming in here his rookie season. But I liked what I saw from Leonard Floyd, especially when that cast came off. He ended that second half of the season on a high note. That's why I have big expectations for him in 2019. Brandon, I'm curious uh, because as much as we are hopeful that Leonard Floyd can kind of put some things together, history does tell us that injuries and health and availability is going to be a concern with him, or at least it has been in the past. So using your personal perspective, how worried are you uh, in terms of Leonard Floyd being able to put together a relatively healthy season? Uh, I would say mildly concerned because it's like Nick said, it's a night and day difference when he's playing with an injury and when he's not. Uh, so naturally you want to have him when he's, you know, not injured when he's healthy. Uh, but I, this is, you know, now that they've brought in Cleo Mack, it's not really, I don't think it's a requirement for Leonard Floyd to be that type of player that Ryan Pace traded up to draft a few years ago. Uh, he's, he's a nice addition piece. If he's going to be able to chip in these sacks here and there, I'd like to see him get to double digits. Absolutely. Uh, spoiler alert. That's kind of where I've got him pegged. Uh, granted, he's going to play a whole year, but like I said, if, it's just such a night and day difference. Uh, so he's got to be able to put together a full season to be able to have that impact, but it's not really a requirement with Cleo Mack on the other side. Nick, how about you? Do you fear any sort of another injury bug kind of affecting Leonard Floyd? Cause again, he hasn't been able to put together a full season yet in the league. And obviously when he's out there and like Brandon just mentioned, when he is healthy, he does provide a lot of value on this defense, but again, availability is a concern. And so I'm just curious if you are concerned about his general durability. You know, I think when looking at Leonard Floyd and the injuries, it was the right hand fracture and then there was a knee injury. And I can't remember what the first, uh, neck injury after mm -hmm. he ran into Akeem Hicks. So they're all different injuries. And he's been able to, you know, at least play some part of the season uh, after sustaining or, you know, before sustaining those injuries. So I'm actually not as concerned um, just because it's not the same reoccurring injury. Uh, what the last injury, that fractured hand happened in the preseason game against the Broncos. And it just he, he fell wrong. 
It just happened that that was his day. It was going to happen regardless. And, you know, he had to rebound from that and then uh, adapt with it. So I'm not too concerned because, they're, again, they're not the same injuries. Hey, I'm Callie. And I'm Will. The world's been a little bit wild lately. Yeah, you're not kidding. You know what the world needs? I mean, what we all need? A little bit of chill, the podcast. Honestly, the world needs a whole lot of chill. Chill is a vibe, a place to get a mindset reset. Calm down overthinking and learn new tools for how to change our lives from being reactive and stressed out to proactive, grounded, and centered. So join us for a little bit of chill, the podcast. Join Callie and Will for a little bit of chill, the podcast drops every Thursday. All right. And now, of course, I mean, Nick, you've been doing a lot of talking up Leonard Floyd, and that's been happening throughout the entire offseason. Coaches are saying good things about him in OTAs, say he's getting bigger. He's working on refining his game, becoming even a more violent rusher. I saw that Danny Trevathan mentioned that Floyd's becoming more explosive, a lot stronger. NFL.com just had an article saying that Floyd's going to be primed to be one of the breakout pass rushers in the league. So I'm com- I'm just curious of how confident both of you guys are that Floyd can truly have that breakout season and what kind of season would that need to be for you to deem a successful one? And let's go to Nick first because Brandon already played spoiler alert. Yeah, so confidence uh, on a 1 to 10 scale, I'm going to have to go with a 9. I'm really confident in what Leonard Floyd's going to do contract year. Remember, uh, they signed that fifth-year option. That's only guaranteed through injury. So he has to really prove himself this year, and I think he's going to do it. Uh, there is a lot of hype around him, and I've joined the, the Leonard Floyd bandwagon on being one of those guys that thinks he is going to have a breakout 2019 season. But I have him pegged at getting 10 and a half sacks. I think he's definitely capable of it. Again, it's all going to come down to whether or not he's healthy and I expect him to be healthy especially since those injuries are not the same reoccurring ones but I'm very confident that Leonard Floyd is going to be a force not just a complimentary piece to Khalil Mack he was the Bears moved up to number nine in 2016 to go get him Ryan Pace had a vision that this was supposed to be the guy prior to Khalil Mack that he was going to be that edge rusher that the Bears can build around well this is the year he's going to put it all together health wise he's got the strength now you also have chuck pagano who's going to bring more blitzes there's going to be more opportunities for leonard floyd especially since cleo max on the opposite side i think 2019 is going to be leonard floyd's season yeah you sound very confident about backing that up nick brandon over to you what are your expectations uh, well, I'll peg my confidence closer to a seven because, uh, like I said, it's not really a requirement. If he falls to injury, then the Bears defense isn't really missing a lot. And it also kind of depends what you consider a, a breakout season because he had uh, 13 more tackles in 2018 than he did in 2017. Granted, you know, that's an extra six games. Uh, so I guess if he continues to play all 16, I've got him right now with 54 tackles, 10 sacks, two interceptions. He's going to take one back for a pick six. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. (laughs) All right. Up next, we're going to talk about a player that is coming back on another one-year contract who's expected to be the third guy in this rotation. But first, we do need to call a quick timeout. Tell you a little bit about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? The real question is, how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves that there is a better way. Search sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you're looking for all in one place. They built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. So, what makes SeatGeek 
better than the rest? That's a great question. To put it as simply as possible, SeatGeek is a better process. They pull together millions of tickets from all over the web. They rate each on a deal on a scale to 1 to 10. Finally, SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map, something I really like. And every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets with confidence. As you know, all of us here at the Chicago Audible, we have the SeatGeek app on our phone. It's by far the easiest way that we've been able to shop for tickets. Uh, again, this week I've been looking at the Bears-Chiefs game, the one we're going to, Bears-Packers week one. Really, and if you don't live near Chicago and you're hoping to see the Bears I don't know, road game that's near you, definitely check out SeatGeek as they have plenty of amazing deals left for all the Bears games this year. still early enough to kind of get those. So again, I highly encourage you to check out SeatGeek before those tickets are gone soon. And don't forget my hack too. Uh, create your own budget, set the maximum amount that you want to pay, and then sort it by a deal. That way you know you're getting the best seats possible for the amount of money that you would like to spend. And here's the kicker. SeatGeek will give you $10 off your first purchase, and all you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code BEARS for $10 off your first purchase. And again, that promo code is BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $10 off your first purchase on SeatGeek.com. All right, you're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast. I'm your host, Will DeWitt. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Nicholas Moriano and Brandon Hazlett. We are sitting here breaking down the Chicago Bears outside linebackers heading into training camp, which begins in a month from today. And we're moving forward to Aaron Lynch, who is coming back. He's heading into camp as the presumed third outside linebacker on this team behind Leonard Floyd. Now, coming in last year, we had some mild expectations for Lynch as we just didn't know what or who we were going to get. And after dealing with some injuries of his own in camp, the doubts that we had started to grow larger. But Lynch was able to have a good season as a rotational depth outside linebacker. He had three sacks, 16 tackles, four tackles for a loss, and 16 pressures. Now I'm curious, guys, what kind of season are you expecting from Aaron Lynch uh, now that he doesn't have Vic Fangio? And historically, he has played better with Fangio than without. But this could be the year that that changes. Now let's go over to Nick first. You know, I expect uh, Aaron Lynch to kind of have a season similar to what he had last season, but I think for the big thing for Aaron Lynch, he doesn't necessarily have to get the sack numbers. It's great if he does, but he has this frame at six foot six, six foot seven, two hundred seventy pounds, being a bigger outside linebacker. Look, if you're in there, you better be able to contain the edge and play that run really well and be able to get off offensive linemen or. Uh, tight ends, whatever they throw at your direction. And I thought Aaron Lynch last year did a pretty good job with that, especially with having that frame, being able to keep offensive linemen away from his body. He really put everything back inside and didn't let anything get to the outside of him. So I'm expecting similar play from him in that respect and, uh, you know, playing the run. But again, he was a pretty effective pass rusher when he was able to go after and get to the quarterback. And he did give some big hits. I remember Nathan Peterman was probably looking at number 99, uh, wondering, okay, where is this guy at? Because he's been hitting me a couple times this game. So Aaron Lynch, um, not expecting him to, you know, do anything better if he can replicate the numbers that he did. He, I mean, he had an interception, uh, so, um, had those three sacks. It's a pretty good season for Aaron Lynch, especially being a guy that, and you mentioned it, Will, I completely forgot about this, the the lack of confidence we had in Lynch in the beginning because when he wasn't out there, we didn't see much from him. But he, he did uh, exceed my expectations, especially with how his career kind of started here in Chicago. What about you, Brandon? What kind of expectations are you kind of setting up for Aaron Lynch this year? I mean, obviously he did enough for the Bears to want to bring him back. There wasn't a big market for him out there in free agency, and he's familiar with the system a little bit. But without Vic Fangio, what kind of uh, season are you anticipating? 
statistically, I'm expecting a little bit more, but we'll get there when we get there. But uh, I like, you know, there were so many times last year where Aaron Lynch is rushing the quarterback and there were so many times where I'm going, you know, like he's just that close, you know, <laughs> like he hit Nathan Peterman a couple of times, didn't necessarily quite get the stack. So it's not that he's not putting pressure on the quarterback when you see he's only got three sacks because he's getting there. He's a big, strong guy. So he's going to be able to bull rush his way in there with very little resistance. Sometimes it feels like so. I think that if he can continue that role, uh, then I think he's going to pan out pretty well in a more aggressive Chuck Pagano defense. Nick, he played 33% of defensive snaps last year. Is that where you want him to kind of remain? Do you want to see that role be slightly expanded, slightly decreased? I'm just curious of what kind of usage you would like to see out of Aaron Lynch. You know, I would say maybe around there, maybe actually a little less um, when Cleo Mack misses two games and you have Leonard Floyd who has dealing with his hand injury, probably being substituted a little bit uh, in the beginning when he was dealing with that injury. I think 30 uh, would be good for him and good for the Bears. Like like I say, he's pretty good at stopping that run and some of those bigger packages. You want Aaron Lynch in there as opposed to maybe a Leonard Floyd who's given up. There's like a 20-pound difference uh, in between those two players. So I think that 30% would be a good range for um, an Aaron Lynch because, again, the other guys I think are a little better at getting – well, Khalil Mack's a lot better at getting yeah, to the quarterback. Yeah, and yep. Leonard Floyd – I. You know, he has the potential to really be a good player. So I think that would be best for, for Aaron Lynch in the Bears defense. Is there anything Aaron Lynch, Nick, can he approve or refine or build upon from last year? You know, one thing that I didn't like, and it was the uh, it was the sack that I think he may have had on eighth period. Maybe it was. It didn't count for a sack, but he, he celebrated afterwards. I don't know if you guys remember that. I little remember. Thrust dance. Yeah, so you've <laughs> got to be calm, cool, collective. Look like you've been there before. Um, that's just something that I had where it's like, okay, you were with Vic Fangio for a number of years now. You should know better than that, and that you know that's a penalty going into the season. That's something that you don't want to see. Cost your team 15 yards. But other than that, I think he one plays the, uh, the run really well I don't really expect him to really get to the quarterback all that often and when he did he did a good job of it with being a pass rusher it's all about being relentless and keeping up the, the pass rush and I think Aaron Lynch has a good motor so whether or not it's being stacked up in initially by a tackle and then a tight end coming he's someone that's going to fight through that so I liked what I saw from Aaron Lynch in the limited time that he played minus the hip thrust minus the hip th one too many <laughs> hip thrusts all right. Yeah, exactly. One pump too many. All right. I want to go ahead and just lump together both Isaiah Irving and Kylie Fitz. Uh, Irving, he appeared in nine games last year. I uh, was able to notch one sack and a handful of pressures while Fitz's rookie season, it left a lot to be desired. He didn't generate a sack. He didn't even get a pressure in the four games that he played and only 41 snaps played on defense for the entire year. But still, both players did gain experience. And again, they don't need to be world beaters, but rather just solid players who can chip in from time to time. And hopefully that time to time is you know far few and in between. Um, but Brandon, over to you first. What do you expect uh, the largest impact coming from Irving or Fitz or why? Um, boy, who's going to have the largest impact? And again, large is, I, mar is very subjective right. and marginal here. Yeah, I, I think Kylie Fitz can. I think he's a much better run defender than Isaiah Irving is. I have Isaiah Irving a note under here, you know, preseason hero can't quite play with the big dogs for some odd reason. You know, he did generate the one sack like you talked about, but Kylie Fitz, I think is just built better than Isaiah Irving is. He's just got broader shoulders. He's a lot stronger and he can play the run just naturally well. So I think Kylie Fitz can play a bigger role uh, and not necessarily a statistical category, but he'll be able to keep his team uh, in, especially in run situations uh, on or get them off the field. 
What about you, Nick? Do you have a preference one way or the other? Not not necessarily. Uh, obviously, Isaiah Irving does have more experience being in the NFL coming in uh, 2017 as opposed to Kylie Fitz being a six-round pick uh, just last year. But I think with, with what they have to really do is just kind of take – note of what Khalil Mack's doing, what Leonard Floyd's doing, what Aaron Lynch is doing, because we didn't see a lot of, uh, you know, tape or a lot of reps from them in the regular season, but you just want them to be able to do their job when they get out there. Isaiah Irving, you know, had a little bit of playing time. Kylie Fitz, you know, the 40-some snaps that he had last season, but uh, I remember just going back to preseason with Kylie Fitz. He was able to bend around the edge and, you know, utilize, even though he's a little taller as an edge rusher, uh, able to use his frame and ability to get around a, a tackle pretty effectively. So just continue to develop. I'm trying to think like when was the last time the bears have really drafted or had like these younger outside linebackers and nothing are coming uh, to mind. Leonard so Floyd. yeah, other than Leonard Floyd, but <laughs> like later draft picks, I, yeah. where they had to develop them, it, it doesn't really come to mind. So I want to see the process for these guys uh, just moving forward in their careers and how it goes. Nick, does it concern you how, I'm going to say, one-sided Irving is? Because I'm looking at his uh, pass rushes last year. He had 76 total, and 69 of them came from uh, lining up on the right side of the line, where only eight came from, or seven, came from the other side, where everyone else is not split evenly, but they do have a larger sample size, at least from both sides of the ball, where Irving's kind of pegged to just that one side of the offensive line. Hey, play to your strengths, right? I think that okay. the Bears know where his strengths are at. He knows where his strengths are at. Obviously, a different formation are probably going to have maybe Isaiah Irving have to move to the other side. But if that's where he's comfortable at, let him do his thing. Um, it, it would be nice if he could be versatile. I know Kylie Fitz, when I was watching the film, was lining up on both sides. And that's great for a young player. But if that's your thing, um, you know, keep playing to your strengths. All right. Keep playing to your strength. I mean, that's that's smart. That's smart. Uh, I just would like to have more versatility if I can in that mm -hmm. outside linebacker room. Um, but we do have a few more outside linebackers on this roster. Uh, this is the tier of players that are going to be learning, you know, that we're going to be learning most about during training camp this year when we get down there in 30 days. Uh, you have Matt Betts. He's an undrafted free agent from Laval, Canada. Uh, that's where he dominated the competition year in, year out winning multiple awards. He is the only player in U sports history to win four major awards ever, uh, three of which were the being the best defensive lineman in the entire league. So just keep that in mind. You have Chuck Harris, an undrafted free agent out of Buffalo, known for his quickness and his ability to play with power. And you got James Vodders, another guy coming down from Canada. Uh, he actually played in the CFL. Uh, he's been on a few NFL teams during the last few seasons as well, the Packers, the Patriots, the Chargers, um, but really hasn't been able to stick anywhere and make that final roster. So, guys, out of this group, who do you like? Any that you believe can maybe uproot Irving or Fitz for a roster spot or any that you're most intrigued by heading into camp, prime practice squad candidates? You know the drill. B, how about you? Um, I know there's some um, outliers in here, like Akeem Hicks, guys that come down from Canada that are, that are pretty good. But uh, when I think of guys that come from Canada, I just kind of think of Mark Trestman, and that just kind of leaves a sour taste in my <laughs> oh. mouth. So I'm not really a fan of – yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Not really a fan of Matt Betts or James Vodders really making this team. Uh, but I have Chuck Harris as a guy who can make the practice squad. Like you said, known for his his speed and his power. Uh, he's really good at forcing fumbles. That's all over his his highlight reel, his game tape. Very disciplined player. He doesn't ever leave his assignment. He knows that if the play's going one way, he's going to stick back just in case something wraps back around. I just see a lot of potential in him when I look at his film. So I think Chuck Harris is a guy 
especially that Buffalo connection with Kumak. He's going to be able to learn a lot from him. And I think that he can make the practice squad. He showed a lot of potential. All right. I like Harris a lot as well. He's actually on my short list. Again, you mentioned uh, he's a very natural player. He does play with a high motor. Um, one stat that I love, and I have to make sure to say it, I think I said it on the Undrafted Free Agent recap show, but I want to make sure to reiterate it just in case you missed it. Uh, his sacks per game jumped up 77% from his junior year to his senior year. And that was despite battling injuries. So he's just a fun kid to watch, and he gives it his all and is able to uh, – he plays with a lot of heart, and you can tell. Um, but how about you, Nick? Any one out of those three really kind of stick out to you? Well, we all shared our notes amongst each other because I also have Harris as being a guy that potentially practice squad. Look, uh, going back since 2015, only five or yeah, five around five outside linebackers have made this team only one time where four actually made the active roster. I think that's we already have the five and the other guys that we mentioned prior. But if there's a guy that has a potential to make the practice squad, I would have to go with Harris as well. See, you guys are, I'm telling you, you're sleeping on bets. He's a little awkwardly shaped uh, is what I'm, I can hear. Um, but in terms of his measurables, they aren't the best either. But when he produces at the level he did, I don't know. He was a monster and tear. And, again, I know that uh, the youth sports league up in Canada isn't the best of competition. But I think uh, what he did in the, the East-West Shrine week, a lot of positivity came out of that. Big reason why the Bears wanted to bring him in as a priority free agent. So for me, I think he can still make the practice squad. I don't think he's a guy to maybe make the roster outright. Maybe he's on the practice squad and gets activated later in the year. But uh, I'm just going to say don't sleep on him. Let's see what we can see out of bets in camp because I think he may surprise some people. Not the most athletic, um, but he's very smart, and he has really good technique. And if you're smart and you have good technique – I think good things usually can happen. All right. Bet on it. Bet on it. <laughs> Gee, I don't know if I want to do no, that. that was a, <laughs> I'm kidding. That, that was a pun. Anyway. Uh, anyway. <laughs> All right. So guys, big picture questions. And of course we need to begin with a little over under. It's a lot. And again, if you're here on YouTube, uh, play along in the chat. And if you're here watching the replay after the fact, throw it in the comments. I love to check those out after each show. Um, so over or under, guys, you said you want 15 sacks out of Khalil Mack. Well, I set the over under pre-show at 16 sacks for Mack. Oh. So, Brandon, 16 hmm. sacks, over or under. Um, can I ask if there's a, uh, a potential spoiler alert? Like, are we doing a bold prediction later? We are doing a bold prediction later. Uh, man, that's tough. Because now I don't know how to answer this. I'll say under just for the sake of not spoiling my bold prediction for later. Okay. Nick? <laughs> Um, I mean, it's definitely possible with Khalil Mack, but I had him pegged at fit. I said that 15 would be a successful season. Doesn't mean he can't go over that. So <laughs> we'll go over. I'm going over as well. I have him an 18 sack season. It's going to be one of those special years. Again, I think it's a very special season ahead for us in general. And if you Khalil Mack just takes everything to the next step and really wants to put the team on his shoulders, like he kind of did week one last year. I think, you know, 18 is a very, uh, I'm going to say reasonable for Khalil Mack. Anyone else, it's absurd. But for Khalil Mack, definitely a reasonable number to aim for. Up next, over under 10 sacks for Leonard Floyd. Only four last year. Uh, but we know uh, everything behind that we already discussed. So, Nick, over to you first. Over or under 10 sacks? Well, I had him at 10.5, 10 and a half. So, over the 10. Over the 10 for Nick. What about you, B? Uh, well, I had him at 10. So, if I got a be over or under the bridge i'm actually going to take the under on this one i wouldn't be i think 10 is where he kind of caps out okay 
Uh, over or under 145 pressures generated by Bears outside linebackers for the entire year. Uh, just for comparison's sake, they had 130 last year as a unit. So my over and under is that is 15 more than last year. Brandon, you're up first. I'm going to go with the over. I think Shuffle Gunner is going to send the house more times than that. Okay, Nick? I have to go over as well. More opportunities to rush the quarterback and, you know, a healthy Khalil Mack, a conditioned Khalil Mack, a rising Leonard Floyd, an Aaron Lynch that will substitute in there every now and then. I like my chances there. (laughs) All right. Over or under five forced fumbles for Khalil Mack. You did mention he had six last year. That was a career high, but was it an anomaly or is this some nose for the football that's going to be sticking around for quite some time? Let's go to Nick right away. I go over on that as well. Um, he had, so we'll go seven this time. Okay. Another career high for Khalil Mack. Just keep racking up the career high numbers, please. That's all we need. Uh, let's go, Brandon. What do you got? Uh, I'm taking the under. I'm going to say last year was sort of an anomaly. All right. Next one up, and it's the final over under. Seven sacks from the rotation, guys. Everyone, Aaron Lynch and below. Uh, they had four last year, three of which did come from Aaron Lynch. So, this, so seven sacks. This is a little bit of a heftier toll, but maybe they can do it. B? Uh, I'm going under, and I have five sacks coming from Aaron Lynch. Okay. So no, there's no hope for Irving no, or Fitz, huh? No hope for Fitz or Irving, though. Or whoever else. Hoping they don't the have to play, spot. so. What about you, Nick? You know what? I'm expecting the Bears to blow out some teams, so you're going to get those backups in there. We'll go over. We'll go over and get seven. What was it? At seven? So seven and a half. For the Aaron Lynch and company. All right. True or false, both Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd will be voted into the Pro Bowl. Doesn't mean they're going to have to play in it, uh, but voted into it. Brandon? True. Nick? True. All right. Who's going to be your X Factor? Let's go B. Ooh, X Factor. Can I, I'll just take the obvious one off the bat and say Cleo Mack. Uh, his health is going to be really big this year. Staying health throughout the duration of the year, like we've talked about for the duration of the show. Uh, so I, I'm going to take the easy one and say Cleo Mack. Nick? I'm going to go with Leonard Floyd. If you can have another disruptive guy that you maybe have to double team at times, then you are just asking for your quarterback to be sacked or bad things that happen for your, for your offense. So I'm going to give it to Leonard Floyd. All right. I actually have Aaron Lynch, so that's pretty cool. We were going right <laughs> down the pecking order. Again, if you don't if Aaron Lynch kind of, you know, doesn't be able to produce like he did last year and the whole thing is Vic Fangio with him and he can't play for anyone else and the Bears don't have that next rusher to come in to play as effective as we need them to be and there's a huge drop off as soon as Floyd or Mac go off the field. That can be detrimental at times. So for me, I'm going to give it to Aaron Lynch. Uh, his ability to step in and be an effective third rusher is going to be very vital for the Bears getting some rest for Mac, getting some rest for Floyd without having to lose too much on the field because we know there's going to be a drop-off. But how, stif- uh, how steep the cliff is, it's going to depend on Aaron Lynch, and hopefully it's not that bad. Hey, Brandon. Hey, Will. Bold prediction? Yeah, uh, I'm going to say that Khalil Mack ties the NFL single season record for sacks with 22 and a half. <laughs> okay. Wow. I thought mine was bold. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> hey, uh, Nick, what's going to be your wimpy bold prediction? Yeah, so I thought this is a good one, too. Uh, Floyd on opening night against the Packers gets a sack, touchdown, and a safety. Nice. That's a lot of points. That is. Um, 
My bold prediction, uh, I'm going to have someone in our last tier. So Betts, Harris, Vodders, one of those three, they're going to have a five-sack season out of nowhere. Just nice. surprise us. So would be all right. I know. I mean, if I was going to go bold, I'd pick one. I'd say Harris. Um, we'll see how that kind of turns out. But someone out of that three, I just feel like they're going to make the team, come out, and dominate, at least when they're out there. And last but not least for the outside linebackers today, guys, what's your confidence? Scale to 1 to 10. What are you going to have? Let's go to Nick first. Well, I put my confidence in Larry Floyd at a 9. Khalil Max a 20 out of 10. Uh, I'm giving this group a 9.9. I, I like the, the starting group and then Aaron Lynch there. I really uh, – that's a good group to have. Again, they have to stay healthy because you do have some – not a lot of experience behind those three guys, but that's a group that can really cause some damage to opposing offensive lines, to opposing offenses that can get after the quarterback, play the run. Well, uh, anytime you have Cleo Mack on one side, and then, you know, I'm expecting a good Leonard Floyd, it's going to be, you know, a very confident group. What about you, Mr. B? Um, I'm kind of hovering between an eight and eight and a half, uh, just because we're thin after Aaron Lynch. And if one of these guys go through a, another minor ding up where we're going to be he- relying heavily on Aaron Lynch and another rotational guy, uh, we just seem to get kind of thin after Aaron Lynch. So I'm a little skeptical if there is an injury. So I give it an eight and a half because I think Floyd and, and Matt can really take the take the load. Interesting. I have an eight point seven five, and in my notes I have a few words. It's depth. And durability concerns. I think that's exactly yeah. what you just said, right, B? Yes. Yeah. So I don't need to, you know, reiterate that again. So for me, eight and a half. But Nick, you said it right. Khalil Mack, twenty out of ten. That's exactly where my confidence is with him. <laughs> yeah, it should be. Absolutely. All right. So I'm going to end the outside linebacker portion of the show with five words and five words only. Thank God for Khalil Mack. I want to thank everyone who tuned in for this outside linebacker preview. Up next, we are going to go ahead and take a look at the Bears inside linebackers, talk about Danny Trevathan, Roquan Smith. Can Roquan Smith be a defensive player of the year candidate? Will this be Danny Trevathan's final year in Chicago? And what's our confidence level in guys like Joel E.A. Booneyway and Nick Wachowski backing them up? We're going to answer those questions and more next week on the podcast. But until then, bear down, Chicago. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.